The Paternity Test is a comedy podcast for adults. If you're not a grown-up, get off the internet. It's a horrible place. Hello and welcome to episode 55 of The Paternity Test. I'm Todd Jay in the Chicago suburbs. And I'm Matt Barese in Chicago. And welcome back to the podcast that is so excited that babies can eat peanut butter again. We're going to go smear every baby we see with delicious jiff. Mm, crunchy crunchy babies. too. Not just yeah. creamy. I'm going to spread them with the crunchy. <laughs> I so have you seen this uh, National Institutes of Health? Yes, they are saying exactly what I have been screaming from the rooftops for years, is that peanut allergies are fake. And, <laughs> and fake in that they're manufactured. Like it's, I believe the vast, vast majority of them only happen because parents manufacture the allergy through not letting your child see anything that looks like a peanut until they're in middle school. And then they see a peanut, and their body freaks out because they're like, this is a foreign substance. I've never touched a peanut. I've never seen a peanut. I've never tasted a peanut, and my body rejects it. So, uh, I, And I know when, we, when our kids were born, the doctors were like, no peanuts until they're three or whatever it was. What's the rule? Is that the rule, what the rule used to be? Yeah, and it was, it was because the logic came from the fact it was, it was triage. It was, it was uh, battle stations, like from 1997 to 2010. Peanut allergies in kids tripled. They went from point something of the population to like 1.5% of the population. Um, mm. So so like two, two out of every 100 kids had a pretty serious peanut allergy all of a sudden in that time period. And the doctors yeah. were like, we don't know why this tripled. So just don't give kids peanuts until we figure it out. So 20 years went by. Yeah. And it, that's what they're saying. They're saying it totally made it worse. And it made everybody in that 20-year period – uh, super sensitive to peanut, or like you know, not everybody, but like it made the made it go up even worse. Yeah, because everybody had absolutely no exposure to peanuts when your body is developing, you know, immunities to to things. And yeah. so now they're saying, as soon as your kid can eat solid food, even and especially if they're prone to allergies, mm-hmm. the first thing you need to give them is peanut butter. <laughs> well, you know, we've gotten uh, about a year or so ago, Kelly started to buy this peanut butter powder. You know, uh, which at first I'm like, for it, what? It already comes in a jar, like as a cream. Like, why do you need it as a powder? And a she would powder? get it. It's so it's bas- it's peanut butter with that's a powder. It's been powderized. Like they remove all the. It's been dehydrated. Powder butter. <laughs> powder butter. Peanut butter powder. Powder butter peanut. Butter so, powder butter powder. <laughs> so, but it's for like. So there, she got it because she could mix it into shakes and things, and because she'd buy these chocolate shakes, you know, for like uh, for fitness and losing weight. But she didn't like the flavor of them by themselves, so she'd add the peanut butter powder. The peanut butter powder has obviously a lot less calories because it ta- it's just the flavor, the essence. <laughs> but she it's wants the, it's, the flavor of peanut that's badly that she's yes. do- dosing her drinks with peanut butter powder. Yeah, but it's um I mean it's it's straight up peanut butter. There's it's not fake peanut butter. It's not like peanut butter flavored powder. It's peanut it's it's real peanuts and you know. It just seems like a perfect way to kill everybody in an elementary school. Yeah, you could just blow it. Yeah, exactly. You yeah, spray into this the mist. air duct. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh but we've 
we've used it in our you know the shakes that we we do now the the uh, isogenics uh, supreme stuff that I drink. I, I'll put a scoop of it in. It adds some protein, uh, adds some flavor, and not it does not add much calories because of you know what it is. But uh, and we even sprinkle some on my dog's dog food every once in a while as, as a special <laughs> treat. He because you know how dogs lo- dogs love peanut butter, right? Dogs I, love peanut butter. I, I don't know if you that. knew that, but if you ever want a dog to lick you someplace, you put peanut butter on it. Um, right, you know, like your mouth or your, you know, or your oh, your sure. cheek yeah. or your something. Cheek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your cheek, back your hand. Your back uh-huh. your hand. Yeah, that, that's all I mean. And um, so, uh, but it's so hard to put it. Like, uh, if you take a scoop of peanut butter out of the jar and try to put it in our dog's food, it doesn't mix <laughs> in. You can't get it. Well, this <laughs> peanut butter powder, you just kind of like sprinkle it on, and it's great. And he eats it, and he loves it. It adds the peanut butter flavor. So anyway. Uh, we have that in the house all the time now. But I remember reading or hearing on the radio about a study, doctors were curing peanut allergies. And you can cure a peanut allergy by taking, uh, you know, a micron of, of – and I think they use like a peanut – this powder, kind of something like this. But they would get the tiniest, tiniest bit in either in a capsule form or in their – mix into their food. But it was the tiniest bit. You didn't even know it was in there uh, – you know, it was it wasn't the, even an amount that you could measure at home to do it at home. They did it, and they they slowly increased it. And within one year, they could someone who was severely allergic to peanuts, they could they could cure them of their peanut allergy by starting with this this speck of peanut, two parts it, peanut butter powder per billion. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and and slowly increase it every day over the course of a year. And by the end of the year, they are no longer allergic to peanuts. Wow. So this makes perfect sense that obviously you uh-huh. want to expose children. And I love that, uh, uh, you know, the article uh, that, 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 that we looked at, to, you know, when, when this came up that uh, has to make sure to mention uh, whatever you do, don't give your baby whole peanut. Like, don't give your baby a bag of peanuts. I guess a lot of uh, <laughs> newspapers and websites that have been carrying this press release from the NIH, they're all using stock photo of peanuts. But you can't give a baby a peanut because you can't give a baby food. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, so anyway, yeah. So good news is they're not allergic to peanuts. The bad news is they choke to death. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for Holiday Road. That's where I hope you like these Ernest P. Worrell DVDs, kids, because it's 200 miles to the next Red Box. <laughs> we have I have to say I can't remember our the last car we bought we bought this SUV that had DVD players in the headrest and like that was the primary reason we bought it and it really did save our lives for like 3 years and it, I'd say in the last year I don't think the kids have put have used it once cuz they probably forgot what DVDs are it's like saying the last the last flavor I bought had uh, phonograph player in the rumble seat. Yeah, so I think they're <laughs> I think they're over DVDs, and they if they can't Netflix it, they don't want to bother. <laughs> so, um, well, we just uh, you know the show's been been on hiatus for a couple of weeks. Um, uh, I went on vacation. Uh, the family we've always done vacations with my uh, our summer vacation that we typically take every year is with my in laws because they do a timeshare and we backpack on it because. Or piggyback on it because uh, it's free room and board. You know, we just have to get ourselves there and buy some food, and so it's hard to pass up. Uh, 
you know, that, that vacation every year, but that's our main vacation. So we wanted to do something just, you know, for the four of us. And that was, uh, somewhere different. So we went out to California. I'd, I'd only God, been it's to gotta California. Be hard to, it's gotta be hard to pay when it's been free forever though. Right. Oh man. We started, when I started to like put the budget together, because you're talking, we flew, so you're talking about flying, then a rental car, hotels, and, uh, you know, entertainment, and it was like, this is what vacation costs? Well, forget it. Right. Because if you're a parent, it? if you're a parent, just not being at work is vacation, right? So even yeah. if you're like, well, our vacation's going to be in Rockford, but it's free. <laughs> yeah. It beats, you know, it's going to cost us ten grand to go to, you know, whatever. Well, so. this summer I'll be in Branson for a week, so, uh, but it's free, so I'll be in Branson. Yakov's dinner adventure. I've already got my tickets. Actually, you don't have to buy them beforehand. You just walk right in. (laughs) I'll walk up to Yakov. (laughs) Branson, Missouri, show will walk up to you. (laughs) Isn't he leaving Branson? I thought he was closing his show down. Isn't he becoming like a... Like a Leo Biscaglia esque love doctor now, isn't he? Like a there was he is, he's a relationship yeah, a relationship expert or something. But you would think with all this Trump and Putin and Russia stuff that he'd be back in fashion again, you know, as a as an act. Oh, absolutely! He could bring his comedy act could have a whole new life to it now. He's going to be a headliner again. He's going to have a sitcom, a syndicated sitcom again. Like what a country! Yeah. <laughs> He, uh, he, uh, what did he do? Liked one of our tweets? Retweeted one of our tweets? Yeah, he, yeah, he did. It's really, really kind of touching heaven for me that, uh, Yakov noticed something that we said. So, are you going to Branson for showbiz reasons? or for- No, that's actually just where the summer vacation is going to be. So, it, it, long story, but, uh, lo- long story short is not everybody was going to be able to make it to Florida, but, uh, uh because they had different, you know, the the availability was a little different. But if we went somewhere closer, they could all, everyone could make it for at least some of it. Uh, because then the then it would be, if, if they're only going to be there for four or five days, they'll drive seven hours as opposed to driving 22 hours. You know what I mean? As a, it, so uh, the, the timeshare that my in-laws use, the closest thing they can get to us is Branson. So, so by, somebody is putting pins in a map and doing some math, and then they went, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> so as so, uh, in order to get everyone some vacation time at, with with them, because they, my in laws, want to see the grandkids and they want to see, so they are accommodating in that they want to go wherever they will go wherever the most people will show up. Uh-huh. And uh, this year, the most people will show up in Branson, surprisingly. But uh, it'll be summer, so you'll be swimming in the pool and stuff. It's not like. Mm-hmm. We are going there to go see shows. You know, we're not going to be. I'm not going to be looking up who's playing at the at at the Oak Ridge Boys Theater. And Probably the Oak Ridge Boys. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> if you're a betting man. Uh, but Debbie Reynolds is dead, so it's probably pretty. Just tumbleweeds blowing down the street in Branson now. Yeah, maybe we'll get you know we'll get some really uh, some good deals. You know, restaurants will. You know, slash your prices just to get people in the door. Because mm-hmm. no maybe one. you should open a theater, the Todd J Theater, Todd J Dinner Adventure. I might not come back from Branson. I might mm-hmm. find my niche. You know, mm-hmm. not, you know. So who knows? But uh, but that's where we'll be this summer. But I did it my way. Thanks for coming to Todd's Dinner Adventure. Enjoy <laughs> your peanut butter ice cream. We'll see you guys next summer. <laughs> So we just came back from California. That was our uh, – we decided we were going to – because Kelly had never been to California. 
I'd only been there for work uh, once, and uh, I enjoyed it, but I didn't get to have too much leisure time. So we went to Los Angeles and uh, and San Diego, um, and so we flew. So what's crazy about flying to Los Angeles is it's a four-hour flight there, but only a three-hour flight back. So that's some crazy, like, tailwind. That's some time-space, uh, that's some serious Tesseract action there. I mean, the flight back felt like nothing. It's least, downhill. I guess maybe that's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get some speed going. Uh-huh. So, um, and of course, I wanted to make sure that we were extra exhausted on our vacation, so I made sure to book a 5 a.m. flight out of Chicago, which means we had to be at the airport at 3 a.m., which means we had to wake up about 1.30 a.m. to get ready for our flight. Um, but I was all about, one, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get the cheapest flights. So of course, 5 a.m. was the cheapest flight. But also I thought, I don't want to waste a day of vacation as a travel day because right. we'll land in Los Angeles at 7 a.m. and we have the entire day ahead of us still. Problem was, by like 5 p.m., we were falling asleep you know, in the rental car before we even got to the hotel. So um, that's the story of every one of our vacations. And, you know, we're working people. So saving the money is important. But I think even if we had the money, we wouldn't we wouldn't uh, fly in the middle of the day because you're taking a day off your vacation on both sides. Yes. Yeah, that's That's crazy. So that's that was my thought. So I got the 5 a.m. flight out. Uh, First thing we did, we land. We drive us. You know, we land at LAX. We drive to Santa Monica. And find this. My 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 son. All he wanted to do was go to a place that was. You spent on, Hanukkah in Santa Monica. You actually did. did spend Hanukkah in Santa Monica. You did that's right. Yeah, we left. I think on the thirtieth, something like that. So, we um, uh, my son. He had two things he wanted to do on his vacation. His only <laughs> two things he wanted to do. He wanted to go to one place that was on featured on diners, drives, drive-ins, and dives, and he wanted to go to an <laughs> In-N-Out Burger. Okay. All right. Well, simple taste, simple joys. And I'll tell you what. So we did the first day we went to this breakfast place that had been on it in Santa Monica. It was fantastic. The food was delicious. The place was weird. Uh, and uh, then the one day that we went to an In-N-Out Burger, it was delicious. They know what they're doing over there at that In-N-Out Burger. I got. I went. I went secret menu. I went animal style, which really it's not. So it's not really a secret menu anymore. But um, uh, it was so good. It was, what's uh, the what's the animal style? Animal style is it's a it's it's a mustard fried okay. patty. So they they I think they put mustard on the patty when they put it on the grill, so it like cooks into the meat a little bit, and then it's got their special sauce and some grilled onions, and uh, I forget what else makes it animal style. But I went double double animal style. What does it have to do with animals? Animals don't grill mustard into their Who food. Knows? I don't know, but I don't know. So. Um, uh, so that was Alex's big thing that he he wanted to do that. Um, is that a go inside and sit down place, or is that like a drive through? It's a or fast food place, or? but man, everyone we passed was packed. We, it was a so we won the parking game. I guess I actually heard someone say on the inside, it was a regular, you know, a Californian. It was like, uh, just getting a parking spot inside some of these is is a challenge. Anytime during the day, like we were right there at lunchtime. And we had to wait about ten minutes in the parking lot, and we happen to be. And if you're circling, Uh-oh. you're slowly circling around the whole time. So if you're, it's just with musical chairs. You're hopefully you're in the right place at the right time. And then the that's next just thing a is, recipe for fisticuffs. Yeah, well, maybe I think, people are more mellow in California, I think, but I, think I feel they like just, that's part of the experience of In-N-Out Burger, I guess. So, uh, 
<laughs> but they make their like they're 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 putting potatoes in the little thing that chops them in the fries right there in front of you, and then dropping them in the fryer. So um, everything was delicious there. So anyway, the uh, uh, that was Alex's big goals. Uh, uh, we also did Disneyland while we were there. We did Disneyland and Disney's California Adventure. Uh, so that was part of the trip as well. Um, you know, overall it was, it was, except for the fact that it was cold, they had a cold snap. So it was like in the fifties most of the time. Um, uh, but it was still warmer than Chicago. I'd keep telling myself that so if we were home right now, it'd be zero degrees. So I'll take 50, you know, yeah, even, it was very cold while you were gone and fifties, you know, that's 50 degrees that more than zero. Right? Yes, it is indeed. I mean, we were all wearing, uh, you know, like long sleeve t-shirts and vests, you know, and and that was plenty, and that was fine. So I was. You're in Han, Han Solo mode. Yep, yep. Yeah. I I did. I I was rocking the vest the entire trip. That's for sure. <laughs> um, and uh, at, you guys go to uh, Cars Land. What is it? Radiator Springs. We did. Yeah. That. Yeah. And it, it was. That was great. I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed that. So you uh, see it after dark. Yes. Yeah. We were. The, we actually were standing there on the street when all the neon lights turned on. Now, because it was Christmas time, they had all. It was everything was kind of Christmas themed, so they didn't play the the song. You know, life would be a dream. Dun, 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 dun. You know that. I guess during the rest of the year, they play that when they turn on the neon lights. Um, but it was yeah. We were there as the neon lights were turning on. Like it would, like, you could see the lights going down the street, hitting each of the places, Flo's Diner and the. Uh, you know uh, all all the different places from cars, so that was pretty cool. And the ride and the cars ride was great, uh, a lot of fun. Where the, it races, you go on like Radiator Springs Racers, I think it's called. So, uh, but it was kind of rainy the day we were there, which was great because the crowd was smaller, and we got on everything multiple times. Ellie did her first loop to loop roller coaster, and so we went on uh, the one at California Adventure is called uh, California Screamin'. I see what they did there. Yeah, you do. Mamas and Papas thing. Yep. And uh-huh. so, it, uh, and so, Ellie wasn't too sure about it, but she said she would do it. And as we're going up the first hill, you could see the regret on her face. <laughs> Does and, it take your picture so you can buy a picture of uh, of your regret face after you get? We did on. see. Yeah, I think I, I think the first time through, uh, there was definitely a, a, a look of terror, but. Uh, so we we do the first drop. And, oh, and hey, you pal! I like your face of regret. <laughs> Actually, the real regret is when you see the price of the picture that you got to buy. You know, it's, sure. But everyone yeah, does. California screaming the same ride as the uh, Aerosmith ride in Florida. Um, no, but it's similar in that it does shoot you off because the Aerosmith ride is uh, indoors. Oh, and this is outdoors. This is outdoors, but it does start you by shooting you off. Um, uh, Don't give up. No, that's right. So, I'm actually I'm sending you right now the the first the, the picture of Ellie the first time she went through California screaming, but the um, uh, and you could just see that she's not too sure about it. Um, so we go down the first drop, and she's like, I don't like this. I don't like this. And we do a couple, like, uh, you know, turns and things. And then she sees that the 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 loop-de-loop is coming up. And, and she's I'm sitting next to her on the roller coaster, and she looks at me, and she's like, I don't want to do this loop-de-loop. I don't want to do it. I'm not – I don't want to do it. And she does it. She, of course, we get to Well, the, as opposed to what? 
taking off her harness and jumping out the well, side. Well, that's kind of what I told her. I go, well, it's <laughs> happening. Like, we yeah. are doing this. Pretty much in this now, yeah. So, uh, you know, my new, the new dimension for me, uh, you know, I love roller coasters. Uh, I, as I'm getting older, I feel like because my loss of inner ear fluid uh, with age, I can't <laughs> handle it as much. But... Um, uh, but my new, you know, the new dimension to riding a roller coaster with your kids is your constant fear that they're going to fall out of it. Oh, so, sure. So now it's extra scary. <laughs> uh-huh. Besides the thrill of the turns and loops is now the fear of being on the local news, you know, uh, as 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 your, uh, your shoulder harness flips up or something. Or your kids, really, the, you're worried about your kid's shoulder Or she's so small, I'm worried about her slipping out of it. Because I remember being that small and being on a roller coaster, and there were those moments where you felt like my lap bar is not low enough, or like I could float. Yeah, because there's this, play. There's, there's play too much play. You the, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. So every time she would, I would always push it down one extra click. She'd be like, "Ow!" I'm like that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> they should advertise the roller coasters that way to raise the stakes. Yeah. No parents should have to bury their child. Are you ready for the Aerosmith ride? <laughs> <laughs> well. um... We get off, and the first thing I, I ask, I'm like, did you enjoy it? Did you see the picture I said? Did you get the picture I just sent through? She looks like she is not enjoying not it. Not enjoying it. <laughs> and, uh, and so I ask her, I'm like, so did you like it? And she's like, I don't know yet. Hmm. And so we move on with her day, and we do some other I've things. seen people in ISIS videos that look less upset than she does <laughs> in this picture. <laughs> well, uh, a couple hours later, she says she wants to do it again, and then... What she ends up doing it three times in a row, like non one after the other. Like I need to tell her, you know, I need to tell her that we're done. Like I can't. There do are it other anymore. things in California besides this ride. <laughs> yeah. Well then. Well here, let me send you the the next wow. time. Here's the here's the next picture. So uh, it was so not crowded. You could just run through the line, like front, run from the. There were times, yeah, like, you know, it would go up and down throughout the day, but there were times when you could actually just uh, get out of line and and kind of run back around. And you might have to wait 10 minutes, but it was, you know, 10 minutes waiting at a Disney park is nothing. Uh Uh-huh. And I was actually hoping there were times when the ride was longer, um, you know, so that that the wait was longer so that I'd have time to recover, you know. Oh, geez. So, uh... So, yeah, so that she ended up being – it was her favorite thing. She would have done it over and over again. She loved it. So I don't know. The, oh, this t- – oh, this before and after is amazing. The first one, she looks like she's a captive in an Eli Roth movie. And the second one, she literally has her hands up, like jazz hands, smiley face. Yeah, she, she goes from clutching clutching the shoulder harness for her life to uh, – uh, to hands up, big smile, like posing for the camera. Um, so it's funny. Now I how- notice in this in these pictures, in the first picture, your son is sticking his tongue out, your wife is smiling prettily, your daughter is terrified, and you are look like you're enjoying yourself. In the second one, uh, you and Ellie are in full show choir mode. Your son has grown a goatee, and your wife has gotten trashy eyebrows. Well. Um- yeah, I think Alex and Kelly had kind of they needed to take a break. <laughs> oh, okay. They were done. Like they they didn't do the multiple times. I think they each did it a second time, but they were not up for the third time. And I think this was probably the third time. <laughs> um so Ellie became quite the daredevil after that. You know, we did the Tower of Terror and and uh uh pretty much anything. Uh there's not many 
uh, rides at, at Disney that you know are thrill rides because right. most of them are for little kids. But she did she did everything. So uh, Disney was a, a very cool experience. Um, you know Disneyland and uh, you know Disneyland itself obviously was it's everything so small. You walk in and you look at the castle in Disneyland and you're like. Where's the real castle? Because I'm used to the one in Disney World that's about four times the size. Right. Uh, I didn't realize how small the one. You can't even see it. Like when we're at California Adventure, there's some rides that take you up where you can see everything. And Kelly and I are looking. We're like, we see the Matterhorn in Disneyland. We see, uh, you know, a couple other rides and things, but we can't see the castle. And finally, I see this little thing sticking up. I go, I think that's it over there. So the I couldn't believe how tiny the castle was at Disneyland. But uh, yeah, it's not so much a Magic Kingdom as a reasonably whimsical kingdom. <laughs> well, it was built in 1955, so I'm sure it seemed huge in 1955. Well, you had all that uh, extra room because of segregation. <laughs> well, then we uh, we did some touristy stuff around Los Angeles, uh, uh, but the more we were in, like driving the highways of Los Angeles, uh, Cal- you know, that area, um, it, it's just kind of dirty. <laughs> You know, and Kelly, at some point, Kelly's like, this is just because, you know, there's palm trees and stuff. But then the side of the road, because their highways have like uh, bushes and things. And so all the garbage gets caught up in the bushes as opposed to like around here. It's just concrete barriers so they can come through with the street sweeper and suck it all up. And, you know, so it doesn't look like it around here. But there they have this brush lining the side of the highway. So it just gets filled with garbage. And uh so at some point, Kelly's like, this is kind of like dirty Florida. And, uh, you know. That's uh, a state motto. It's on the license plates. <laughs> California, dirty Florida. The picture of a bruised orange. <laughs> uh, so we did uh, we did the Warner Brothers studio tour, which is a lot of fun. And Ellie got, she's, I don't know what it was. I don't know if she got like kind of, uh, you know, sucked up in kind of the magic of, or not the magic, <laughs> but just kind of seeing the the backstage areas of shows that she knows and stuff. We got to go on the Ellen stage and stand where Ellen does her monologue and stuff. And 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 after we did that, Ellie was like always the first in line everywhere we went, right behind the tour guide. So either she had a crush on the tour guide or she was way into the studio tour. And <laughs> uh, uh, you know, so it was uh, that that was neat. Um, but yeah, San Diego, uh, San Diego Zoo. Uh, we went to. I don't know if you've been to San Diego before. It's beautiful. Yeah, I've been several times, and uh, the zoo is so big. It is big, and it's and it's every- good to know that there's some place for all the animals to go when the rest of the world is destroyed. Yeah, they'll have it nice there. <laughs> so, um, and then of course we decide to fly back. When we fly back, I do, I also don't want to waste another travel day, so I take a late flight on the way back. So we end up rolling into our house at like 3 a.m., <laughs> you know, after the luggage and this and that. But we, you know, we, uh, we were very lucky with, you know, flights were pretty much on time. The luggage was all there. Get to bed fast, kids. You got school today. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't understand. I had, like, at least we came back and we had a few more days. I would never plan a vacation where I, I came home and had to go to work the next day. But uh, I had a friend who was in, uh, I think he was on a cruise or something, and he his he was scheduled to fly back on Sunday night and land at like midnight and then go to work the next morning. Ugh. Like it just sounds like you're setting yourself up to hate the rest of your you know 
the the rest of your school year. He, I think he's a teacher, but or the rest <laughs> of whatever till you get another break. I don't know. It just seems like you would want to build in some rest. <laughs> Going to be miserable till May twentieth. Yeah, but then you get three months off, so I guess they just see they, they pack it all in and just know that they're gonna. Make sure, you fill your better. happiness batteries as as full as they'll go, and then you just siphon off that happiness until May. It doesn't work that way, though. No, <laughs> it's, it's too bad. Hey, folks, you already shop on Amazon. Why not put those dollars to work keeping this show on the air? Do it by using the Amazon portal on the support page at paternitypodcast.com. Here's how you do it when you want to buy something on Amazon. And probably you, you're bored of your Christmas presents. You're starting to buy yourself new stuff. Uh, and we live in a stuff-based economy. If you don't keep buying stuff, all the babies starve. So when you want to buy stuff, go to paternitypodcast.com. Click on support. You'll see an Amazon box. Click on it. Amazon opens and then you buy stuff from Amazon, that's it. You're really good at buying stuff from Amazon. And when you do it through our portal, they know you came through the portal. You don't sign up for anything. You don't pay extra. You just buy stuff. Use your Prime. Don't use your Prime. Use whatever you want. Do your Amazon mom. And uh, we get a portion of their profits, and we use it to pay for the show. Hey, I got a cool thing for Christmas for my folks on Amazon. And yeah. it's a it's a weighted vest. It's a 20-pound like flak vest looking thing. It's filled with bean bags. It comes with 21 what? pound, be- 21 pound bean, like each bean bag is one pound, not 21 pound bean bags, but 20 one pound bean bags. You slide them in pockets inside the vest. You strap the vest on, it Velcros, it's got a pocket for your iPhone, and then you go work out. You do like free hanging stuff, like the dip station and pull ups, and you weigh 20 extra pounds. So wow. it's for bulking up those muscles. Yeah, I guess it'll you'll burn a little more calories too, right? You'll you know you'll sweat more. I don't know. I think I maybe some people. I think people do use it on like the stair climber or the mm-hmm. the treadmill. But I find that when I just walk around on it or with it on. In addition to looking like a terrorist, because it looks a little bit yeah, like a suicide like, vest. I was say it looks like it looks like it could be. Uh, a suicide vest for sure. I, I wore it outside from my house to the gym with a sweatshirt half zipped over it, and it absolutely looked like I was going to walk mm. into the bank and say, uh, nobody move. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is an incident. So why not just uh, lift 20 extra pounds? Like if you're going to lift a – I guess if you're doing free hanging stuff. Yeah. I mean it's not for – it's a, it's around your torso, so it's not like you're doing it's yeah. not hanging your arm. It's some people wear a belt and then hang like a bar, like mm-hmm. a a weight a plate off of these belts while they do dips and stuff. But it seems like you have got the swinging weight and it's pulling on one spot. It seems a little more yeah. dangerous. And this way, it's like evenly distributed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really gonna like blow up the muscles, particularly with the dips. It's really hard to do pull-ups with 20 extra pounds. And actually, for me, it's 30 extra pounds because I've put on 10 pounds this fall eating in the school cafeteria. So I've already got, you know, I'm three-quarters oh. of the way my freshman 15. So the difference between August and wearing this vest now is 30 pounds. And that's the difference between, like, 17 pull-ups and two. I mean, oh, it's yeah. a lot. It'd be like, well, it'd be like putting Viva on my shoulders and then doing uh, 
doing pull-ups. But when you Actually, take it hard. when you take it off, don't you just go, man? At least I'm not 20 pounds fatter than I am, so I guess I'm all right. Yeah, it's awesome when you take it off. It's like swinging two bats. Then you jump up and whee, like <laughs> hit your head on the ceiling. But if I just walk around on it, my lumbar starts to hurt. Like I feel like it's bad. Oh yeah, it probably like, does mess up your posture because you're not, you know, you're not used to holding that up. I guess that's why you know people who have 20 extra pounds have bad backs and you know because they don't you're not holding it in the right spot or whatever. But um, uh, yeah, well I. Uh, you know, I, I was losing some weight, and I, right before break, uh, somebody, I'd, I'd gotten down, you know, where I, I only had about 10 more pounds I wanted to lose, ideally, but I was feeling pretty good where I was. So then I got this thing at work saying, hey, we're going to do a weight loss challenge after after the new year. But you could Now, either, wait, did you get this from, was this like a coworker doing a, a co-worker. fun thing, or was this like... HR. No, to keep the this was down. a coworker <laughs> who had gained some weight and was not feeling too good about it, and so wanted wanted to do something to motivate himself. So oh, okay. he put this out there. It wasn't an HR thing. So, uh, uh, so but he gave you the option to weigh in before you go on break or after you go on break. And I knew we were going to California, and so this light bulb went off, and I said, I can go get fat in California, <laughs> so that I could say, well, I'm coming back to lose weight anyway. So why not have, you know, why not? Because we were all worried about how do we how do we have our shakes in California? And now I'm like, give me fried eggs every morning and and, you know, <laughs> everything that comes in a burrito and, uh, you know, the double double animal style. So I actually went to California and tried to get a little fat <laughs> so that I can come back and weigh in for this weight loss contest and then get back on the on on the uh, Ionic Supreme. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, uh, because here's the other thing. They're doing this weight loss contest, but I already lost 18, 20 pounds. So no fair. No fair, right? So I wanted Can to Can you get... retroactively weigh in? Yeah. So I so oh, I just retroactively got fat. I just regained some weight. So, uh, you know, I felt like I was like an actor doing it for a part. Oh, sure. It's like a Raging Bull or a Copland. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it was all... So now I've uh, so I weighed in with a few extra pounds, and now now maybe I need one of those jackets to help burn it off because I do need to. My my biggest fear is that is that what if what if I can't lo- re lose the weight again? Uh, it's an expensive uh, little gambit you make because you spend a lot of dough losing that weight with your Ionic Supremes. Oh, I never thought about it that way. Ionic Supremes aren't free; <laughs> they're the opposite of free. They're a lot of money. So. Um, you should have worn my vest to weigh in. Oh, I see. Yeah, but then they th- they might have thought I was going to blow up everybody at work. <laughs> Standoff in the western suburbs today. <laughs> if you like the paternity test, please help us tell other people about it. If you use iTunes to listen, you can subscribe. And while you're there, leave us a quick rating and a review. It's quick and it's easy and it helps other listeners find us. Read our weekly paternity test blog at chicagoparent.com and our monthly column, Viva Daddy in Chicago Parent Magazine, available wherever all the babies are chowing on Skippy. And now it's time for Mr. Manners, where the muscle fork goes outside of the fruit fork, but inside of the lobster fork. That sounds like the right order. Sure. <laughs> just, just use them from the outside in, right? As exactly. the courses come. Then you won't find yourself with an oyster fork in your uh, pork. <laughs> or pork fork in your fruit. Pork fork. <laughs> uh, speaking of manners, my daughter 
is five. She does not know how to blow her nose. She needs to know it's cold season. Where do all her boogers go? Um, they, she sucks them up into her brain oh. with horrible snorting sounds. And it, not oh. only is the sound gross, you know her like ACT score is going down with each snort. Oh, yeah, that's tough because I feel like once kids get in that habit, it's hard to break them because my son got into a bad habit of sucking everything in. And it really was hard to get him to just to, to not do that. And he and he would do the real lot the <laughs> and and you could tell that it goes to the back of his throat because because uh, uh, then he kind of chokes on it so he makes a uh, <laughs> you know like the uh, <laughs> that sound <laughs> so so uh, so please teach your daughter to blow her nose but I I, guess, I didn't know you had to teach it I figured natural selection like the animals that couldn't blow their nose would die off and not pass on their their you know their non nose blowing phenotype well. I remember being very frustrated uh, trying to teach my kids how to blow their nose because uh, you would hold the uh, Kleenex up to their nose and say blow, and and they didn't know how to do that. And they would kind of do a half blow, but it would, they wouldn't close their mouth all the way, so they would lose uh, – you know, they wouldn't have the pressure they need to get it out. Uh-huh. Yep. And so I've never really thought about how – how to teach them. I remember being very frustrated with it. My daughter's really self-conscious about it. So every time I say, why don't we try to blow your nose? She immediately goes into crying or a tantrum. Really? I, but I don't know how, cause she feels badly that she can't blow her nose. But sometimes she'll come climb in our bed at night and then make horrible. Why don't you like, turn into a game? Tr- truffle and like, pick noises. Stuff, stuff a jelly belly up her nose and tell her that she has to get it. <laughs> like has to blow it out. With, has to get it out without using her hands. Sounds like a game from Saw. Sounds like a game that's going to get you in the emergency room. Yeah, right. Yeah, my daughter inhaled a jelly belly. It's, uh, uh, I don't know how it got up there, Doc. You know, kids, they're crazy. <laughs> and you wake up in a room tied to a chair with jelly bellies up your nose and a TV screen with a puppet on it riding a tricycle saying, like, I hope you can get the jelly bellies out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you found you actually found an article on how to teach your kid how to blow their nose. Yeah, is it effect? I mean, I'm so since you've... I, Both your kids can blow their nose now. Well, right? I cer- yeah, but not that they do, but they can. But they still are bad. They, you still have to tell them, you know. Uh, so this has some methodology to it. I never had a method. It was just kind of like I would say blow, and they go, and I'd say no, close your mouth, and they and they couldn't do it, and I just get frustrated. And, and well, that's a, it's like trying to explain color to a blind person. Yeah. You're like blow, and they're like, I don't know what that means. You're like, it means blow, like like your nose, yeah. out, make the air go out of your face hole. Yeah, they. Uh. So this says to what? Put a cotton ball in your hand and try to get your kid to move it with their nose air. Which I love that phrase using only nose air. Nose air. Nose air. So I guess that's a good first step. You put the cotton ball in your hand and you close your mouth and move this with your nose. <laughs> And I, that seems like they would get that concept, right? Have you tried this? Do or do not. There is no try. I had looked up one a while back that said, like, hold the tissue a couple inches from their face and try to get it to get them to move it with, with their nose there. Yeah. And did it work? She would have been able to move it with her mind before she was able to move it with her <laughs> nose there. <laughs> So, uh, so once you get them to move your move the cotton ball in your hand, then you have them bend a spoon. Bend, 
<laughs> put one finger over a nostril and try to blow out one nostril. This seems Wait, like that's that's part of the teaching. Yeah. So farmer the, blow. I, well, that's what I'm worried about. What if in the middle of the teaching you actually produce, you know, there boogers come out? But I guess that's the whole point of it, right? If boogers come out, that means they've succeeded. You just got to be ready with your Kleenex. It's a very messy victory. I don't know. I think uh, I, I think you know blowing your own nose is is something every person should be able to do. And I think you have to put her out in the woods and tell her she can't come home until she figures out how to blow her own nose. That what that Leonardo DiCaprio movie was about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she'll fight. You know, she might have to fight off a bear or two, <laughs> but she's going to come back and she's going to know how to blow her nose. Social media isn't just for denying what kind of showers he took in a Russian hotel room. It's also for us. Like our page on Facebook, share our posts, follow us on Pinterest, on Instagram at The Paternity Test, and also on Twitter at The Dad Test. And you can send us a question or a comment for The Paternity Test mailbag. Just email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at our phone number 657-BAD-DADS. And if you've got any tips for teaching a kid to blow their nose, please, please call the hotline or send an email. We need to know. We need to know who mops the floor if the child successfully snot rockets in the hallway. At least, they'll, you know, a good snot rocket is useful. So at least they'll uh, have a life skill. A self-defense mechanism? <laughs> Sometimes you just got to get it out in a hurry, whatever it is that's up there. I've had some tragic farmer blows before. Because <laughs> you really can't control your direction. Like, you're just hoping for the best. And I've had some that, you know, they end up on your your, your leg, you know, they right onto your shirt. Like, there's See, no... See, if you're actually a farmer, then you're in wearing waders covered in manure, so it doesn't really matter where it goes. But if you're not a farmer, but your farmer blow... See, it's... The word farmer is right in there. You're supposed to be in a field, in a pasture, not not in a theater, hanging rigging. <laughs> <laughs> not... not uh, not managing ballerinas. That's not where you're supposed to do this. Oh. So I can't do it when I'm when I'm uh, waiting for my fajitas at Chili's. <laughs> What's the secret sauce again? What's animal style? <laughs> and now it's time for talking to your kids about religion. Where when there was one set of footprints, I was taking a nap. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, well, religion has uh, raised its bearded head in my house. Oh. Uh, largely because death has uh, not, no one has died. But since FIVA went to non hippie preschool, I've mm-hmm. noticed that the games and the entertainment she's absorbing, but like her pretending involves a lot more fire and lava and fighting and death. Oh. And all pretend and fictional characters are. I heard her, her princesses were interacting the other day, like her mm-hmm. little action figures, and they captured one princess who was bad and summarily executed her. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, you know, that kind of stuff toughens you up. You know, you got to learn to deal with that as a kid, and, you know, you can't, not everything could be feeling sticks and, uh, right. you know. Right, sensory tables. Uh, sensory some, tables. 
some, <laughs> some point, point you need to die. Right, at some point, uh, Merida's got to get sent to the tower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, with death comes what happens when we die, and with what happens when we die comes a very, uh, you know, you got to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I am, uh, my wife's like a, a, what do you call it, a, a buffet-style Catholic. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, and I keep telling her there is, in fact, a rule book, like, there yeah, is a catechism. An, it's, it's there. Yeah. <laughs> there is a book. You don't. Yeah. yeah. But uh, nope. She just you know she wants to be whatever it's going to be, and she's perfectly happy with that. And then I am I am irreligious or a-religious or borderline anti-religious. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what: when a little brown-eyed four-year-old looks up and says, "Where did my kitty go when it died?" You say heaven. Yeah. You <laughs> Unless do. you are history's worst monster, you say all your dead relatives are waiting for you at a big party in the sky. Yeah, you don't just say, you know, have you ever been lying in your bed and everything was really quiet and it was really, really dark and just nothing was happening? <laughs> it's just like that, but forever. Yeah, it's like being buried alive, but eternally. Except, except you don't even know it because you're not there either anymore. Yeah. Does that make sense? There's no consciousness at all. Get it? Okay, I got to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know, my kids have both been around religion a lot, uh, and they, you know, like Ellie will, Ellie sings in the kids' choir at the church where mm-hmm. Kelly used to work, and but Kelly doesn't work there anymore, but she still goes there occasionally, and so it's kind of like a, kind of like a buffet style Christian, in that uh-huh. we, we're not, we don't go every Sunday, but we go when there's things to be there for, <laughs> like when Ellie has to sing or when. Uh, you know, Kelly will go when she wants to go. Kelly certainly, it's, it's, I would never go if, if, if I were left to my own devices. I just didn't, you know, my, I was brought up semi Catholic, but again, it was very strange and I was never a part of it. I was just present during it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. My, my grandparents uh-huh. would take me to Saturday Mass, and the only thing I could think about was who is that? What's going on with that naked guy? And, uh, why is he on a cross? And oh man, that was the uh, the first time any kind of religion. Came, like that's when we realized we weren't. We had the baby baptized, but that was when she was a blob, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you just you gotta baptize your kid, or else a vampire will eat their fat so it can fly. Uh, I learned that from the movie Warlock with Julian Sands. Uh, but we were at oh we we're at Lawrence Holmes's wedding, Chicago sportscaster legend mm-hmm. Lawrence Holmes, and. Viva looked up at the altar and saw the big Jesus on the crucifix and said as loudly as she was three. So as loudly as a three-year-old could talk in a completely silent church before the ceremony, uh, who's that guy up there? Who's that guy? Who's yeah, that guy and like there? four elderly black ladies fainted. Oh. <laughs> like it, was, it was like throwing a giant rock in a pond. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we... Um, it's uh, boy, the afterlife, and you can't not imagine an afterlife because our brain can't. Your brain kind of forces you to because there, as soon as you try to wrap your mind around nothingness, then nothing matters anymore. Right? You know? If if nothing is nothing, if if everything is nothing, then why am I? Then why, why do I do anything? Well, sure, and and your emotions need it. 
because you're like, oh, I sure do. I sure do hope I get to see my loved ones again, right? So like, your emotion needs it. Your brain can't not do it. I understand there's great benefits. I mean, one of the reasons I'm pretty much an atheist is that I'm like, if we would give up a little bit on working for the weekend of the afterlife, maybe we would, oh, not destroy the planet, not kill mm-hmm. each other. But you take away the afterlife and the pressure is just like, are you really going to binge watch Voltron Galaxy Defender all <laughs> night if you know that when you're dead, you're dead? Yeah, you're not going to be able to remember it anymore. <laughs> right. You should really go. But shouldn't you go like wash a baby? In mm-hmm. the third world or something, if, like, this is all we got, are you really, Yeah, you know? Um, but I, so we're in the, we're living in this dorm. And it's a brand new spanking, you know, fancy dorm with all the new bells and whistles. And downstairs, we were playing laser tag over the break. Now, laser tag games, guns came, we're running around the dorm playing laser tag, empty dorm. And I said, uh, I said to Viva, is this, is the secret room off limits? And she said, what secret room? I said, the, the, the prayer room. And uh, oh. she said, what's that? There's a um, multi-denominational religious sanctum mm-hmm. built into the engagement center. We did not play laser tag in it, uh, incidentally. Um, and it's got an ablution room for like voodoo or you know any, any religions that require ablution. Um, I think all the Judeo-Christian, like Islam and some Christianity and, and uh, um, uh, Judaism and I think Shintoism, like sometimes has ablution. So there's this like shower room, there's places for your shoes, there's directions on the walls if you're looking for Mecca. And the room can be for yoga, it can be for Tai Chi, it can be for, it can be for Islam, it can be for, you know, whatever you, whatever you need this room for. So it's just like a Western liberal, we take all comers, polytheistic mm-hmm. sanctum sanctorum. Um and she's like, what is this for? And I said, it's for people to go in and pray to their gods. And she said, what are gods? Uh, now, this gave me a you great... You should have lied. <laughs> Immediately. What is this room for? Uh, just hanging out. It's a coat, coat room. Coat check. <laughs> uh, Skype. It's for Skype. You're way too honest with your, with your four-year-old. Well, it gives me a great jump on my wife because my, my wife's got to somehow try and put some kind of preference on Catholicism uh, or Christianity. Okay, yeah. So my wife wants to be like, this is what gods are, but we believe. Mm-hmm. And I want to take it from a everybody on equal footing. Like, yeah. everybody's got their magic sky, guys. For some folks, it's Thor. For some people, it's Yahweh. And like put our, you know, like the yeah. sort of preferred Western religion on even footing with Zoroaster and, and Zeus and uh, it was really interesting to explain religion to her in a room built for all religions at once. Because mm-hmm. it really did. It wasn't like we were in a Catholic church and we're like, this yeah. is what religion is. Also, other people have some wackadoo things that they believe. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's a great way to you know, show how so many of them are similar in that they all just need, all religions at some point just need a room where you can go hang out in. Uh-huh. And talk to your magical sky person, which kind of starts to it like to know that all the religions need that helps you pinpoint what is valuable mm-hmm. about religion. Period. You know, like clearly people need space for introspection. Yeah. Um, we were watching Pocahontas 
and they started talking about ancestors or something. And Viva had gone to when we were at Black Christmas, like when we were at like Melissa's Black Family Christmas, and it was quite black this year. Um, I guess it's always been black, but I realized that this year it was somebody's birthday other than Jesus. And when people sang happy birthday, they sang the black happy birthday, the Stevie Wonder happy birthday. Mm -hmm. And then they got talking. I guess it would be my my grandfather-in-law. Were he alive, it would be his 100th birthday. Um, And so they had a everybody was like speaking about him and remembering him. And there was a lot of talk of he is with the ancestors now. Oh. And when I go to join the ancestors, so there was a lot the of, ancestors. I mean, these, yeah, I mean, these are black Christians, right? Like yeah. Southside black Christians. But there was definitely that element of sort of um, African or pseudo-African, you know, maintained or appropriated mm-hmm. r- religion, you know, wending through the, the Christianity. And Viva really connected with it. So she heard Pocahontas talking about ancestors and she said, she says, my God is my ancestors. She says this out loud. And my wife says, what? <laughs> and she's like putting together her own like folk religion. And she's just like building a religion. And oh. so we start talking about it. And, and Melissa's like, whoa, I don't know if this is okay. We got to like teach her Catholicism. I'm like, I don't know. I might join her church. She's yeah. building a church. So we're talking back and forth about it. And then Viva says, uh, hey. Uh, she's been watching a lot of Imagination Movers, which is a Disney oh, show. Oh, yeah. I, I'm a familiar. Yeah? And you know they have their mascot is Warehouse Mouse, like a little yeah. puppet mouse that lives in the warehouse. Mm-hmm. She says, I know who Warehouse Mouse is. Uh, I know who Warehouse Mouse prays to. And we said, what? Who? And she says, Jesus. Oh. She's got Wow. Talk That's... about Yakov's dinner adventure. Yeah. Where did she get? She's working on her tight five for the chuckle hunt. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus? Where did she get that joke? Oh, man. You know it's what I think it is? Jesus. I think she's she's must spend a lot of time thinking about stuff like that. And so uh, I'm sure at some point, because uh, she obviously knows who Jesus is at now. I mean, she's been exposed to Jesus and saw that, you know, uh, but you've got to you, 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 to connect those dots. I mean, she's got to think about it. So, um, it's funny that you know Melissa was worried about making wanting to make her you know should we make her Catholic or whatever. Uh, but is Melissa wanting her to be a kind of a half Catholic, like not half Catholic, but like a like a like you said the a buffet style Catholic? I think uh, that's earlier. what she's like. But why Catholic then? Because it seems like it's – if you want to be like buffet style, it's easier to do that in other, you know, Protestant religions as opposed Absolutely. to Catholicism. You wanna, yeah, just be a Methodist or a Presbyterian. Like yeah. those are very – be a Presbyterian. I mean that's a, a very easy – Methodist seems very easy going. I mean our – where 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 we go, where Ellie's in the choir and, and, and I don't say we, where I follow Kelly too and I'm – required to is a is a methodist church and it's a, re- a reconciling congregation so uh you know very open to gay marriage and stuff like that and it's just a place to hang out and everyone helps each other and they do good things for the community and that you know if 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 it weren't for you know all the jesus talk that makes me uncomfortable it'd be a great place to go every sunday sure <laughs> you know what i mean like just the the 
and and I know there these places exist. They're what are they? They're agnostic churches or atheist, not necessarily atheist churches, but agnostic churches where people who want the church experience without the Jesus part of it. Oh, sure, sort of like are the Unitarians like that? So you still do, you know, you do community service and you get uh-huh. together once a week sure. and talk about your feelings or whatever. I don't know what you would talk about then if you don't have, if you don't have like hymns and scriptures to read, I'm not sure. Maybe you just read like poetry. Sure. Sing some folk songs. Folk songs and poetry. And, and then you, uh, you know, do a food drive. Pretty great. I mean, we need that kind of thing, you you know, to keep the country healthy, to keep the community healthy, to keep charity going, to keep people close to one another. We need that, Mm -hmm. that thing. Uh, have you put that suggestion in the basket on Sunday? Like, hey, this place is pretty swell. Should knock we off all that. Down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I've I've come to realize that I, you know, and I love it when the the, you know, the pastor every time he sees me, he says, uh, yeah, uh, "Todd, it's so good." Now he's he's a, he's a he's Korean, and so he's a very thick accent. But I'm not going to imitate it. But he's you know he's like, uh, "So good to see you." Uh, you should be here every. Or you should join us every Sunday. Or there's always he always puts in a little dig, a little passive aggressive, <laughs> a little bit of a dig. You know, I we were there on member Sunday, and you know, of course, he saw me. He's like, "Oh, so good to see you. You should be member." Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, Todd C H C H. You I, know what's missing? You are. <laughs> I just nod, smile, and nod. And uh, so anyway, uh, well, it's it's fun that she's. She's thinking about that. It's really at four years old is really young to be thinking about that. Um, it, right? And to start to assemble or to assemble it. Like normally synthesize. Yeah. You might notice it and take it in, but she's really is curious about it. And uh <laughs> she's gonna be tacking a list of tenets on our front door pretty soon. <laughs> well, it's t- you guys are in a tough spot because what do you ultimately what are you gonna do about it? You have to, to like give her some kind of direction, don't you? Or are you just going to let her create her own religion and think that that's what everybody does? I'm like, totally down with that. I mean, if I come home and find her like baptizing the other kids from the preschool in the whirlpool, that could be problematic. But uh, I think if she just puts together her own uh, sort of like folk religion of ancestor worship uh, and <laughs> and and cheese us, <laughs> dairy based demigods and avatars, I'm I'm comfortable with that. Well, folks, it's time for another episode of The Paternity Test to get his tongue stuck to a flagpole and get found as a skeleton in the spring. Follow us on Twitter at The Dad Test. Like us on Facebook and visit our website, paternitypodcast.com, or email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com. You can catch us every Tuesday at chicagoparent.com and call our voicemail, 657-BAD-DADS, and tell your friends about the show or consider a donation to the show via our PayPal link at paternitypodcast.com. All right, everybody, remember, California isn't just dirty Florida. It also has a disappointingly small Disney castle. And until next time, best of luck passing the paternity test.